أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا إذا تداينتم بدين إلى أجل مسمى فاكتبوه وليكتب بينكم كاتب بالعدل ولا يأب كاتب أن يكتب كما علمه الله فليكتب صدق الله العظيم Generally at this time, in the previous years, we have been discussing some surah of the Qur'an Sharif or some ayat. This year too, we will inshallah continue with that, but not necessarily in sequence. Some various ayat at different points. The object is not any particular story to just discuss somewhere. but to try and take the lessons of the Qur'an Sharif, internalize those lessons, practice on those lessons. So for today, this is a very lengthy ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, but just the beginning of it is what we will discuss. This ayat pertains to any transaction that a person conducts wherein there is some credit involved, he is buying something on credit or there is some loan involved so allah taala is giving a command in this regard that ya ayyuhal ladina amanu idha tadayantum bidainin ila ajalin musamman faktubuhu o you who believe when you do some transaction on credit to a specified time then write it down Now to understand this and appreciate this fully, one needs to keep in mind what was the time, what was the condition when this ayat was revealed in terms of the number of people that were literate. This ayat of the Qur'an Sharif is coming down at a time when for a person to be literate was a very great achievement. Barely a few percent, a fraction of the people were able to read and write. And in that kind of environment also, when prior to that, there was no uh, system of ever recording anything in terms of transactions, in terms of dealings. Everything happened verbally. And in that environment, when there's hardly anybody available to write, the Qur'an Sharif is commanding that when you do something of this nature, some transaction of this nature, then write it down. So now, in this time and age when... The written word has become in place of the verbal word. More uh, discussions and negotiations and transactions take place in writing than perhaps verbally. So now it might be not such an easy thing to appreciate the context in which this ayat was revealed. But if one looks back and then one appreciates that what is the importance of this action? How important it is that this be adhered to, that Allah Ta'ala is giving this command, that despite there being very few people to write, further in the, as the ayat goes along, Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا يَأْبَ كَاتِبٌ أَيَّكْتُبَ كَمَا عَلَّمَهُ اللَّهِ فَلْيَكْتُبُ That if the person who is transacting doesn't know how to write, ask somebody else to do it. That person who knew how to write was like a, some real rare person. So sometimes it's possible he too might start showing off 
that I don't want to riot and I want this and that. Allah Ta'ala is commanding him that Allah Ta'ala blessed you with this. Don't reject this request to have this document written. So what is the reason for this is obvious. That when something is being done in this manner, there's a credit transaction and things would be now deferred for the future. Payment will happen in the future. These kind of situations can bring about misunderstandings, can bring about problems, disputes. And in order to avoid these kind of disputes, problems, Allah Ta'ala is commanding that write it down so there's complete clarity. If something is now not clear later because people forgot something down the line, this document can always be pulled out and things can be looked at. And what exactly was the arrangement? What exactly was the agreement? What were the terms and conditions? So there is no place for disputes. But unfortunately, let alone the situation at that time, now when everything is done in writing and there's everything happening in the form of uh, written communication also, yet we fail to, we often fail to fulfill this requirement that the Qur'an Sharif is placing upon us. When something is done in this manner, there's two aspects mentioned here. One is when you are doing something on credit, then the other is that ila ajalim musamma, to a fixed time. That a credit transaction should not be an open-ended thing. That I'll pay you when I get my bonus Somebody is saying, I'll pay you when I get my bonus. So now he's got it in his mind, well, the bonus will come end of the year. The other person also got in his mind, well, okay, that's what he's referring to perhaps. The bonus comes at the end of the year. Now when the end of the year came, Allah Ta'ala forbid, instead of the bonus, he got a notice. That there's no job left. This is the end of the road. So now he's saying, well, I said when I get my bonus, I didn't get any bonus, I got a notice. So now well, when the next time I get a job, and the next time I get a bonus somewhere, if he gets a bonus, Allah knows best. In the meantime, this person now is asking for his money. And that person is saying, when I get my bonus, when will that ever finish off? So this is something that, ila ajalim musamma, the Quran Sharif, this is the clarity with which Allah Ta'ala is commanding us to do things, how clear it should be. There should be no ambiguity. There should be no room for any kind of dispute and arguments later on. So that credit transaction too must be to a specified time. Then on the specified time, there is a need to extend it by mutual agreement. Both parties are happy to extend that to a specified time further on, well and good. But there should not be any ambiguity in the issue and it should all be clearly recorded. Sometimes person wants, one party wants to record something, the other person says, well, you don't trust me. Or you think I'm going to run away somewhere. It's not a matter of who, that whether a person is trusted or not. Inshallah, everybody is trusted. But the Quran Sharif is asking us that write it down. If you can't write it down, call somebody to write it down. Let somebody write it down and he must do so with justice. And He must write it. He must not reject this. He must accept this. Request that please write this down for us. We cannot write. You write it down. What we understand from this is that when it comes to mu'amalat, monetary dealings, these monetary dealings are extremely important that they should be clear. There shouldn't be any room for disputes. 
This affects everything in a person's life. Mu'amalat, monetary dealings are not something that one department which is exclusive to that. And if something happens there, well that is a separate issue. It's very, a very essential part of deen. And often due to neglect in mu'amalat, in monetary dealings, we even lose our ibadat. We destroy our ibadat. On the day of Qiyamah, Nabi Islam has mentioned that a person would come and he would come with mountains of good deeds. This will be the pauper of the ummah, that he'll come with mountains of good deeds. But while he's got a lot of good deeds to his credit, a lot of salah, zakat, fasting, hajj, umrah, charity, mountains of it. But وَيَأْتِي قَدْ شَتَمَ هَذَا وَقَذَفَ هَذَا وَأَكَلَ مَالَ هَذَا وَسَفَكَ دَمَ هَذَا That he came with also rights of people upon himself. He did not fulfill the rights of people. Either the rights of people in the sense that he uh, falsely accused somebody. So that's a terrible deed. It's a major right of somebody that he trampled, that he slandered someone. He swore at somebody, he usurped somebody's wealth or wrongfully ate up somebody's wealth and various other things Nabi Sallallahu also mentions. So as a result, that وَيَأْتِي هَذَا that the people now who he had wronged in the world will come and they will claim that we need to be paid. We need to be given compensation for what we were harmed in the world. فَيُعْطَى هَذَا مِنْ حَسَنَاتِهِ وَهَذَا مِنْ حَسَنَاتِهِ Nabi Islam says, now his rewards will start getting dished out. One dirham, one dirham which is barely a few rands, a person has wrongfully taken of somebody in this world, 700 accepted salah will be given in compensation. One dirham, 700 accepted salah will be gone. How many salah of ours can we even guarantee will be inshallah accepted? It will only be Allah's mercy that he absolves us of the obligation. So this mu'amalat is something very, very crucial. And those who understood this reality, they took extreme precautions in this regard. One person was very ill, he was on his deathbed. Some people had come, they were sitting around and perhaps feeding something. One buzruk also came at that time, he also sat alongside. And at that time, a short while later, this person suddenly breathed his last. So when all this was happening, it was night. And there was one little candle burning there on the side. There was no light, no electricity obviously at that time. So this candle or this lamp that was burning, that was the only source of light in this room. And it was night, it was dark. So as the people were sitting there, this lamp was burning and this person now passed away. When he passed away, as soon as he took his last breath, the first thing this Buzruk did was, he extinguished that lamp. That candle or lamp, whatever, whatever was there, he extinguished it. So the others were now astonished, what happened here now? He left us all in darkness, we can't even see anything. Somebody asked him, what did you do? Why did you extinguish this lamp? So he sees this lamp belonged to this person, who has now just passed away. The oil in there belonged to him. So while he was still alive, it was burning for his benefit. Fine, that was in order. We also were benefiting from it, but it was burning for his benefit. 
Now he's passed away. He's breathed his last. Now he owns nothing. And this lamp and this oil in the lamp has all become the property of the heirs. We don't even know who the heirs are to start off with. There could even be some orphans among them. And even if there's no orphans, if there's an orphan, we can't even take the permission of the orphan. That too is not valid. And if there's no orphans also, they're all adults, we still don't have their permission. So we are going to be, on, without anybody's permission, we can't use their property. So without somebody's permission, we will now be using their property. This is ghasab. This is usurping somebody's item. That is haram. So therefore I immediately extinguish. This doesn't belong to us. And doesn't belong to him either. We need to get the permission of those who it belongs to. Now this was the reality that they understood. That this is mu'amalat. Mu'amalat will affect a person's earnings, his income. And his income will affect his ibadat. Because that income is going to be what he's going to use to buy his food. That food is going to go into his belly. And if that is not halal, it is not pure, it is not wholesome, then his ibadat will be affected. His du'as will be affected. Nabi Wasallam paints the picture of a person. Such a picture where it is something that will bring about uh, mercy in the hardest hearted person also. Nabi Wasallam describes that a person now is traveling. We're talking about traveling not in business class. We're talking about traveling in that zamana, in that time on camelback, now through the deserts. So by the time the person undertakes even a short journey to, the effects of that travel are fully on him. Here a person has undertaken a long suffer. And long journey, he's now totally disheveled, covered in dust. And such a person comes to anybody to say, please help me with something. He merely take one look at him and he will be obliged to do something for him. So this is the picture Nabi Salaam is describing of this kind of person. Now this person he is now spreading his hands out towards Allah Ta'ala, let alone insan. We're talking about any insan will also feel pity for him. He is putting his hands out towards Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has a system in dunya. Allah Ta'ala is Arhamur Rahimin. The most merciful. But there is a system. So we got to follow the system. We got to follow the procedure. Otherwise we create the obstacle ourselves. We create the barrier and the obstacle from our side. Then we are to blame ourselves. So here this person is in this very pitiable condition. And he puts his hands out. Nabi Islam says, يَمُدُّ يَدَيْهِ لَسَّمَا Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi. And he's now crying to Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, I have this problem, I have this difficulty, and this hardship, and this need. Ya Allah, fulfill this need of mine, remove this difficulty of mine. But what is the problem, what is the issue here? He's created so many obstacles that this dua is not even going up, up anywhere. وَمَتْعَمُهُ haram, وَمَشْرَبُهُ haram, وَمَلْبَسُهُ haram, وَغُذِيَ بِالْحَرَامِ فَأَنَّا يُسْتَجَابُ لِذَلِكَ Peace Allah is saying, he's eaten haram. He's drunk something that was haram. 
his clothing acquired in some way which was haram, or the income, what he earned was haram, so now he bought that clothing with that haram wealth. haram, His nourishment was from haram. How can his dua be accepted? No matter what his outward condition may be, how pitiable it may be, but he's created so many obstacles. And where these obstacles come from? From being neglectful in mu'amalat. Either the person is outright, sometimes a person is outright unconcerned and he is just going headlong into haram. He knows this is haram and he's not interested. Allah forbid. And sometimes a person won't directly involve himself in something haram. In the sense that he'll buy something and sell something which is totally forbidden. He won't do that. Or he will not deliberately... Uh, deceive somebody in the sense where he'll sell a person something saying well as one person said in India years ago he bought one sewing machine at a street corner so now this person had a whole stack of sewing machines they're all in the box and he's demonstrating one how wonderful he does the job so and at a bargain price so now at a street corner a person is selling sewing machines so he was bargain price so he bought one so he saw how he's being demonstrated everything he came home inside, there was no motor inside. So the next day he went back to the street corner, that street corner is empty. He'll have to probably look at some other, go through every corner, maybe it's now there's some other corner, some other garage on some other side. Some other customers there will also go home to find that there's no motor inside. So that's where the bargain price came from. So one is somebody just deliberately and calculatedly goes out of his way to deceive somebody in this manner. Many people won't do that. But... Yet, when it comes to mamlaat, to having our dealings clear and correct, we will still cut corners in that regard and think, well, it wasn't serious. And as a result, we taint our earnings, we taint our income. Then that is the income that we use to purchase whatever we buy, whatever we eat, whatever we wear. Now, with that same nourishment, with that clothing, we are making namaz, performing our salah. That salah is now affected by the things we have eaten, by the things we are wearing, and our du'as are restricted, our du'as are now obstructed from acceptance. So all this is a result of neglecting mu'amalat. And we find in the lives of our kabir that they were extremely careful in this, that there must be no mix-up in this mu'amalat. Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib, it was his last days, he was extremely ill and he was in this last illness for some time, considerable time. So he had, he was in a room, in one room that he was occupying, and people would come in and out, visitors, etc. So that was the room that he was occupying. So he, one day while he was there, somebody had come, a visitor might have come or something, so they brought some thing to present to the visitor, some tea. So after this person had left, Kufsab said to the person who, the house person, that take this back, this cup, the spoon, whatever, take it back. So, somebody probably didn't take it, they forgot about it, after some time he saw it still kept there, so he called the person, did I not tell you to take this away? He said, I forgot about it. So he reprimanded him very sternly. And he says, I made it known to everybody that whatever is in this room only belongs to me. Nothing in this room belongs to anybody else, it belongs to me. And nothing out of this room is mine, in this house. 
I have made sure everything that belongs to me is now in this room only. Now you brought this and left it here. I made this known to everyone. If I suddenly pass away, they'll include this in my estate. Whereas this doesn't belong to me. Now this doesn't belong to me, somebody else's this is. They might not say anything about it at that time. They might just keep quiet. They might not even remember or forget about the whole issue. Now you made this situation so difficult for me that somebody else's item now is going to get distributed as part of my estate. It doesn't belong to me. And he would now be very careful and he would be very, very stern on this. Something else comes in, take it out immediately. Nothing must remain here which doesn't belong to me because I made this known now. I don't know what's the time. I might go anytime. This was how careful they were in regards to this mu'amalat, in regards to dealings, in regards to what is mine, fine, that's mine. If it's somebody else's, I have no right to now just take any benefit out of it or keep it in such a vague manner that tomorrow it is regarded that it was my property, it might just become part of my estate or it leaves some kind of ambiguity later on, creates disputes, creates arguments. So all this as, as a result of not having this clarity. This whole thing, this discussion started off on this note of that Allah Ta'ala is giving us the command, there is a credit transaction, faktubu, write it down in full clarity, all the details. There must be nothing left to anybody's imagination for later, which thereafter unfortunately creates innumerable problems, innumerable disputes.